up unto the Lord this morning. Ask him to just speak a word into your spirit. Ask him to meet you where you, exactly where you are this morning. He's here in all his beauty, in all his presence, in all that he does. Just thank him for a Sunday that you can be in church. Indeed, he's the one clothed in fire. He answers us as we speak to him. Father, thank you for another Sunday. Thank you that we can worship you in peace and in the beauty of holiness. Thank you, Lord, that your will is what is being done in our lives. I rebuke you, Satan. You don't have any presence here in Jesus' name. You will not speak to us and you will not affect us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Tell your neighbor that this is the year of the Great Commission. Wow. The Great Commission. Hallelujah. One of the prayers that you must pray is that you will like what God likes. Yeah. Do you know that if you are in a house and you like what your father likes, you are very blessed? Mm. You like what your father likes. You realize that your father likes his car clean. Then you wake up in the morning and you sort it out. You see that he has a certain eye. Mm. Are you there? Some of you, when your father likes this, you will like the opposites. <laughs> the way you are, no? Just because your father says, I like this, and you say that, I mean, I you realize that there's some blessing that is not there. There's some something. So try and like what those in authority over you like. Your lecturer says, reproduce my handout for me. You see, I agree with you. It's not a very good practice. But if your lecturer of that sort, if you like, go and read the whole library and come. You'll be amazed that... Oh, you're not understanding what I'm saying. Decide that, okay, for the purposes of this year, I like what he likes. I will learn the handout. And I will reproduce it for him. So then they are even looking for a particular word. When they open the paper, they are very sleepy. They just look for the words. Even the brothel inside crowd, they have not noticed that. <laughs> Hallelujah. How much more when we know what God our Father wants? One of the things I love about the Bible is that it's a clear marking scheme. It's very, very, very clear. Yeah. And if you have a marking scheme and you go and write something else, do you agree with me that a student who has seen the marking scheme and writes something else, his or her head is not a... Mm, it's not... Mm, you know that this is the marking scheme. This kind of question, when it comes, this is how they want. Then you do something else. Are you wise? Are you wise? How much more when you know God's marking scheme? And you have read the marking scheme and then you decide that it's not important. Please ask your neighbor, is it you? Hey. Wow. Well, today we are continuing. The theme for the year is the Great Commission. Hallelujah. You see, when you come to church, eh, try to be affected by every part of the service. I'm saying this because as Carter was giving his testimony this morning, I was thinking to myself, so many people, I don't have money to do this, I don't have money to do Meanwhile, you are here. When other people come and speak about their breakthroughs, most of the time as they speak about their breakthroughs, they'll tell you what they did before and after. But then you do as if you are deaf. Then when it is now time for you to do something, then you say that I don't have. I believe that this one is on our side. It's not inside the preaching. <laughs> but it was just something that crossed my mind. That, ah. So all the testimony, why well, you think that the testimony is to entertain you? The Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of his testimony. So the testimonies that are given are also a weapon in your walk with God and something that helps you. Sometimes when you are there, cry, you can remember somebody's testimony and say, that, Lord, what you did for my sister, since you say that you don't have any favorites. Please, I'm also here. Yeah. 
Oh, you're not understanding what I'm saying. Recently, somebody was reminding me a testimony I had given of how God had made me give a certain amount of money I had put aside. Say, give all. And after that, he gave me a house. The person said, the person said, I also remembered that testimony. And I said, Lord, I've also taken it and I'm putting it in. Remember, oh, and it's hey, hey. Hmm. Amen, oh. So please, I'm trying to move us to become spiritual people. Stop a certain kind of carnal life. The Bible says that for as long as you are a carnal person, carnal means a natural person, an earthly person, not a spiritual person. The opposite of spiritual is natural. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says you can't receive anything from God and it's your naturalness that's worrying you. Recently, I told the leaders of the church, all those in leaders, we are going for a camp. Come and see unbelievers. Come and see unbelievers. I don't have money. Who has? It's the last excuse you should give. Tell me that your leg is broken. Tell me that you don't want to come. Don't tell me that you don't have money. Hey. Are you there? The church has become very quiet. I'm preaching to you because this life and you see one of the blessings of living in Ghana is that Ghana forces you our economy forces you to be a spiritual person as far as money things are concerned you are either spiritual or you're a thief those are your only two options because your salary even before it has landed it has got where it is going so for the rest of the month it's supernatural living I tell you uh, well, please, those of you on salary, just where you are sitting, calculate how many months' salary you will need to put by to buy one car. Just, just calculate it. Assuming you did nothing with your salary. Assuming that you didn't pay rent, you didn't pay light, you had no school fees, you didn't eat, you froze your stomach, you didn't pay any... Tra- Assuming that you did nothing. Calculate that salary. Hey... Even an ordinary second-hand half-broken-down car is 20000 How many months of your salary? You should see that if you are going to become a car owner. Supernatural. Supernatural. Walk out of the natural and into the supernatural and it will work. Amen. I have looked at a few young people that tell me, listen, it's time you bought a car. Just, if I don't even use the word bought, I say, get a car. Get a car. Just get a car. Get a car. Get a car. Are you there? Yeah. I said, as you look at the way life is going, you see all your things. I was talking to a young doctor recently. I said, look, your life that you are doing in church, plus your work you are doing and all that, you must see that this thing, a car is needed to resolve it. That's enough. Hey, the church is quiet again. Yeah, because if you are a supernatural person, instead of coming to say, I don't have a car, you will be reminded of the scripture that says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe. So he has told you what you need. The thing you desire. The thing you pray. So yesterday when somebody told me, I don't have money, I asked the person, do you want to come? That's all. That's the issue. are you in the house yeah I pray that we will really be supernatural people yeah I don't know how you can bear to live natural 1 Corinthians 2.14 says that the natural man receives nothing nothing from the spirit of God you receive nothing yeah why because it is, it, <coughs> it is spiritually designed. So it's spirit talking to spirit. And you, you are speaking an, another language. Okay, so you cannot, you can't talk. You cannot speak. You cannot speak. Anyway, I'm coming back to my message for today. Hallelujah. But I, I think that highlight, that was just to start to reach somebody. Yeah, just, just to reach somebody. How can you calculate based on your salary? It's it's a marvel to me. I don't know what salary you are earning. Even the MPs, many have to steal to manage their... 
please don't go and quote me. Uh, Matthew chapter 28. <laughs> MNA. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor the currency on earth is money. The currency in heaven is a desire. That's all. Check your desire. Check it. Some of the things we say we desire, we don't really desire them. Some things you admire them. Uh-huh. When you admire the thing, you don't do anything about it. So many of us, how many of us have admired pilots and uh, uh, air hostesses? Uh-huh. You admire them, but if I ask you, where is the piloting school? You don't know. Where is the school where they train them? Civil aviation, whatever, whatever. You don't know what are the terms for entry. You don't know. Because you are admiring. You are not desiring. Those who desire, they have gone to the school. They found out where it is. They found out the requirements to enter and they are trying to get there. So many are admiring. Oh, if I had this car. Oh, I need that. You're just admiring. But if you desire, it is desire that makes a man and a woman give birth to a child. Not just admiration. Please, I'm still trying. I'm still trying to come back to my sermon for today. Amen. Spiritually designed. This year, let your spirit begin to work. Ah, I don't have school fees. Just go listen. I don't want to be worried by school fees. I desire that my school fees will be paid. My school fees are paid. Thank you. It will look. Hey. You have not seen God move before. Are you in the church or you have traveled? Matthew 28. Let us go back. I'm trying to preach. Today I'm going to enter the Great Commission. We're going to enter. What exactly is it saying? Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, always, even unto the end of the world. Hallelujah. Last week, we talked about the Great Commission from a particular angle. I was sharing with you how these were the last words of Jesus. And I shared with you how this was his interest. Amen. He came to seek and to save the lost. His interest was not, he didn't come that thou shalt have a car. His main interest was that souls will be saved. Stop making the side effect the main effect. It isn't the main effect. The main thing is still the main thing. Amen. That's why he said to you, come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is his burden? The saving of souls, which was the only thing he came to do. But instead, we have carried our own. Taking our own burdens. Then we are walking around and we are saying, Jesus, can you not see my burden? But he said to you, put it down. Take mine. Take mine. Take my burden, which is the winning of souls. Take mine. Take mine. It's easy. But you like yours. Mercy. And we talked about many things last week. I remember talking to you about Romans 8.28 and telling you that for those who love God, you know, all things work together for them. And the sign that you love him is that you obey his commandments. He said, not me. Okay. This week we are moving on and we're going to be just breaking down further because we want to understand what it is we are going to be doing. Hallelujah. We have been doing it, but we're going to do it more. Amen. And we want to understand this Matthew 28. And so we're going to be taking it from verse 18 and breaking down some particular things. And then we are out of here for today. Hallelujah. So let's begin. The first highlight or the first point, you should be back at Matthew 
18 by now. Thank you. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus said something. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. This was the thing that he got and the reason why he said, now go to everywhere. Now go and do the, 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 the great commission. Are you here? Yeah. There is a power that comes from the preaching of the gospel. Yes. When you don't preach the gospel, you become very, 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 very weak. Mm, very, very weak. And all churches where the preaching of the gospel has stopped, the winning of souls has stopped, weakness has entered the church. Every church that you see, that the people cannot share about Jesus Christ, where there's no or very little evangelism, the church itself is very weak. Because the access to power is given to those who seek to preach and who seek to win souls. Are you here? Let's look at what follows you. Let's go to another rendition of the same Great Commission in Mark chapter 16. Are you tired of the Bible? Then you don't know what you are doing here. Mark 16, it told us the signs what will follow those who go and preach. Verse 17, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. One of the things that will bless you is to discover that there's a certain power that you have. And the way to, please, if you are sitting, especially in the front, don't sleep. Don't close your eyes. Uh, don't close your eyes. <laughs> this church, we don't sleep when the word is coming. Please. Please turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, yeah, you're the one who was close. Hey, please. <laughs> Those of you on the front row, you should know better. Okay. Hey. Are you there? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> He's saying that as you go preaching, one of the things that will surprise you, suddenly you will see some signs following you. Suddenly you will see that you pray for someone to be sick and they are actually healed. Yeah. It's something is there. It's following you. There are some of you, when you are praying for somebody, you are shouting, you are screaming, you are forcing. It's not by your forcing. You obey the word. It will work. It will work. Some of you, when you see a demon-possessed person even in the church, you run away. You run away. It's not a problem. You just make sure that you are doing what you should do. Rebuke the devil and he will go. He will actually go. In fact, one of my prayers for you is that you will meet a demon-possessed person. No, I don't mean it in a bad way. Do you know why? When you rebuke the devil and he goes, you actually be standing there wondering that. Has it? Uh. <laughs> There's a feeling of, ah. Has it really gone? Hey. Did he really obey? Hey. It's, it is one of the nicest things ever. When you suddenly realize that the word of God is really true. It's really, really true. Are you in the house? The demons should know you. <coughs> they should know you. Ask your neighbor. Hey! I'm not asking you whether Jesus knows you. Ask your neighbor that does Satan know you. <laughs> you see, one day in the book of Acts, <laughs> Some guys, they are known as the sons of Skiva. They were seven. They had heard various things. Then they saw some mad guy and they said, oh, let's go and uh, also do deliverance. When they got there, their demons said, wait, wait, wait. Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. You. Who are you? The Bible said that this one man, he beat them. He beat the seven men and they fled naked. They now had become, hey! You see, they, 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 <laughs> they believed though. But they were not known. 
I said, the devil must know you. He must know you. And he will know you as you stand up to do what you must do. One day, I had a service many years ago. And suddenly, there was a manifestation. A young girl was manifesting. So I realized that where we were having the service, because in those days, my youth church used to meet in a very open place. I said, no, I don't want this girl to be exposed, too exposed. So I made them move her somewhere that you can't see from outside what's going on. And some people were praying over her. I finished what I was there. I said, these guys, they are trying. Let me go and see what is going on. You see, any time you are taking too long over a certain deliverance, you have to understand that. No, no, no. There are some... Hold on. There are, you see, even in the kingdom of the enemy, there are ranks, just there, as they are. And there are times when God will tell you, this one is beyond you. Just, just pass it on. This kind goeth not out except by prayer and fasting. Okay. So as I went, I walked up to them. They were, the girl was down there. She was doing her things, talking plenty. As soon as I got there, you! 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 Ah, since you came, since you came into her life, he started to I said, be quiet, just move. Just go, 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 go. But it was a very nice feeling because I suddenly understood that I'm also known there. You must be known. Hey! I said, you must be known. And when they will start to threaten, it's all hot air. Just ask it to leave. Just ask it to leave. Hallelujah. Are you there? And so you begin to discover that there's a power following you. You will suddenly discover. Some of you, your village, you can't go. When they were going to the village this Christmas, you were shivering, you were shaking. But it's because you have not been doing what you must do. Because when you, do, when you go cry, no, they may have poisoned the thing, but it won't work. Uh, or isn't it what your scripture said? If you drink any deadly poison, you didn't know you drank it, it won't do anything. Wow. This year, we are going to see the power of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Yeah. The next time you choose to watch Healing Jesus, just watch after the preaching of the word. You see that our Father's prayer is a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer. Suddenly you see that somebody with crutches says that I've stopped using my crutches. I remember a woman who came to stand there. As she came to stand, she said, I came here with a huge stomach full of water. It has all disappeared. Yeah. Hey. But it's available to you all. The reason why you haven't seen it is that you haven't gone to. You have been here dancing. Do their work. Do their work. Change is coming. Do their work. What's the work? This semester, we will preach this year. Some of you, you are saying that, oh, until I get a stage, you don't need a stage. All you need is just your legs. And your mouth. Oh, it's true. Today I use a stage to preach. But for many years, I stand on the background like that. Lady Reverend Homie, what I'm saying is it true or it's not true? Just recently, we were recounting our various crusades. We laughed. Crusades by rechargeable lamp. We'll come into the village and we will just hang the one rechargeable lamp there. How much light does a rechargeable lamp have? And we will preach as if there is no tomorrow. Oh, yes. Are you there? Yeah. I was so blessed. Last week I was in Tamale and I met one of my preaching sons. And then he came and he said, Mommy, I want to show you something. And when I looked, there he was, standing in a village. This time they don't use the rechargeable lamp. They had taken one lantern, put it in the middle. Then everybody had put on their mobile light. Then they were standing and they were preaching. I was so excited. I said, God bless you. God bless you. You are waiting for what? <laughs> you are waiting for what? Stage, light, sound. No, no, let's be serious. Let's be serious. One of the blessings of Ghana is that you can preach anywhere. You can take a box, if you like, stand even in the middle of the road. Nobody will ask you to come and remove from there. 
You, can, you don't even need market. I said, middle of a busy road, stand there and preach. You, you will be allowed to finish. Tell me I'm lying. Anywhere. Anywhere. I'm talking about the pure gospel. Even those preaching the gospel of money, cry, nobody chases them away. How much more you? And see whether you won't see some power. Look at Philippians chapter 2. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. That name, there's no power that can stand it. Only that many of you believe Satan more than Jesus. Yeah, that's why you are afraid. It's Satan you believe. You believe that he has power. Yeah. In this, our religious town, people believe more in evil than in Christ. They believe in the curse. They believe in going to what? Let's not go there. But you, find what you really believe. And believe that Jesus, his name is actually above every name. There, is, there are some names. When you have the name, nobody challenges you so if you come here and you suddenly start to collect dust from here to here and somebody comes and asks you what are you doing you don't even need my real name mommy said I should do it that's enough if you even say do you need help <laughs> or you're not understanding what I'm saying you come and you say pastor one says I should do it oh nobody will challenge you the most they will do is to just call and say, please, is it true that? But they won't do anything to you. Meanwhile, our name's cry is not going anywhere. But there is a name above every other name. The Bible says that every knee will bow to that name. That's why we have a saying in first love that a bow too late it's a bow in vain. Because as for bowing, every knee out. Fetish preserve, one day he will bow. Only that it may be too late. So you that you are bowing now, you have access to a certain name. Or oh, you're not understanding what I'm saying. One day I was there and some young lady came. She was shivering. And she said that a certain, I was in Tamale then, and I have seen it since then regularly. She said, she was a nursing student and she came and she said, a certain lecturer had promised to fail her because he had wanted to sleep with her and she ran away. I didn't send her to the man's house. I didn't send the man a letter. I didn't send her. I stood in the church. I held her hand in the name of Jesus. Not only did he not fail her, he never called her again. He couldn't look straight at her face end of problem. Because there is a name. When you invoke that name, the thing you are saying, it must come to pass. Hallelujah. I don't know what you are thinking about or what your issue is, but I have only a question for you. Have you used the name? That's your landlord who is threatening you. Have you used the name? He will threaten everybody. When he comes to you, say, please, can I, can you, please, yeah. Can I threaten you? Let's continue. We are talking about <laughs> the Great Commission. So what am I saying to you? I said it is a commission of power. Amen. I said it's a commission of what? It's a commission of power. That's why I have enjoyed doing crusades around, going into places. I don't know anybody there. But when we preach this great commission, people give their lives to Christ. I have never thought of gift of healing. I don't even think about it. But there will be healing. Because that's what he says when you go. Let's continue. It is a commission to go. He said, go ye there for go. Many of us don't like this part of it. We want to stay. But he says, go. Because I have all power, I am sending you to go. The thing about Ghana is that Ghanaians, we are very, very well traveled. I see you also traveling. 
The only problem is the reason for which we travel. Because as for the traveling, we travel. I remember when a friend of mine came to tell me that there were Ghanaians in Alaska. Alaska is a place that we think is so cold. We don't really think of Ghanaians being there. And a cause had taken the person there. She said one morning when she was standing up there in her hall, you know, they still in those days used to deliver milk to houses by the bottle. Are you there? So you are there. Then depending on your order, they'll come and leave one bottle, two bottles, three bottles at your door. Early one morning, she woke up. She was airing her room. It was quite cold outside. But her window was open. And she said as she was getting ready to go for class, she heard the milk van came to stop. Early morning. Two guys came out. The first thing she noticed was that they were black like her. But what shocked her was that as they were putting their thing there, she heard something. What did she hear? They were speaking tree. <laughs> so, hey! Here too, in this cold place. So, as for traveling, dear, we travel. I doubt that there's any nation on this earth that doesn't have a Ghanaian or two there. Yeah. So the problem is not the going. The problem is what we go for. That's the problem. Most of us, the going, we are economic refugees. So they are economic refugees or those going to school. These are the two kinds being met there. But I prophesy to First Love ABSA that there will be people who will be going because of the Great Commission. You will go as if you are going to school. But the real reason why you are going is that when you land there, some people are going to hear the gospel. You will go as if it is your job that is sending you. But when you get there, you know that you accepted to go because of the great commission because of you some people will hear hallelujah are you with me from today those of you who are going for further studies stop using what everybody else does and start to ask God I believe that if you ask God you see if he knows that you plan to win souls he himself will give you the visa to the place Mm -hmm. are you there yeah so a going there will be, but let us change the reason for which we go. Let the reason be because people must hear the gospel. It is a bit disgraceful, in fact, very disgraceful that when the gospel had not reached us, so many white men took their lives in their hands and they came. And because they came, we know of Jesus. But we have gone. You can go to places and see huge black churches. Huge. One witness to one other person. The only people they will gather are their own type. It's true. They will only look for another Ghanaian there. Okay, when they don't, when they go for a Nigerian, because we are, we are a little similar. We are the same. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. But when you go to go and study in Russia, go and go and preach to some Russians. Let them change because of you. Yeah, that is one of the differences when you see our churches outside. Our church in India is an Indian church. Our church in Philippine, Philippines, it has, it's full of Filipinos. Our church in South Africa is South Africans there, not Ghanaians. If it's Ghanaians, stay here, there are more. Are you there? So go. It's a commission to go. Now, it is a commission, number three, to go to all nations. Hallelujah. He said... Go to all the world. In Mark 16, verse 15, Mark is also giving us a little bit more added information, the content of the Great Commission. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I am happy to announce to you that this church, we are going to go everywhere. Hallelujah. We'll go to every nation. We'll get to places you'll see somewhere. Say, I used to be in First Love, Adrian. We'll go to places, this country, every region, we will be there. Oh, yes. Every town, every city, every campus, every hostel will be there. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Because it says go to all nations. English is spoken by only a small... Yesterday, somebody sent me a, 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 a pie chart showing languages and where they are spoken. The number of people or the, or the population speaking them. I was amazed. Well, not really. But if you look at the population, you understand. Chinese is the most, important, most spoken language in the world. Uh, if there are 7 billion uh, Christians, uh, human beings on earth, and one is in China. Obviously, they're, they're, <laughs> that's 1 billion. 
Or you don't understand? They were not looking at countries in which it was spoken. They were looking at number of people. Another one was Hindi. Because of the Indians, another huge place. Huge place. So many human beings. I think they today account for another one billion. I think China has passed one. Hmm. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can learn a language. You can learn a language. Ah. Those of you who have done yourself, that is only three you speak. Go and add Chinese to your tree and stop worrying us here. <laughs> Go and add some Hindi to your tree. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying. No, no. Do you know that a lot of the German, uh, what do you call them? These are our Haslam brothers. They speak the German. Oh. German and she. They know the English is not working. But the German is working. <laughs> Amen. You are going to preach the gospel and to reach them. There's nothing like preaching in the language of the people. They will listen to you even more. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor. Tell your neighbor the language you are going to learn. Tell your neighbor. Some of you, your language should be English. The way it is. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is the language I'm going to learn. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And as you go, the blessings come. Hallelujah. And I want to share with you what our father shared with us on 31st night. And he was saying that enter the country and just win 12 souls for God. 12. Can you not win 12? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 12. 12 souls. As soon as he said that, I realized it's possible to go everywhere. Even Saudi Arabia, you can get 12 people. Oh, yes. Who you will teach and they will give their lives to Christ. Should I tell you a secret? Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. Find 12 children. Children. Yeah. 12 children. Yeah. And lead them to Christ and bring them up. Your job is done. Oh, it's true. Because when they hear, they don't leave it. They don't leave it. They don't leave it. When we started the church in Tamale, I will never forget it. There were grown ups and there were children. The children were about 11 years old, 12, 13, 14. That first group of children, till today, we know where they are. Till today, till today. Till today, they are men and women of God. Today, they are 30 years old, 34 years old, 35 years old. But they received it at that time. Yeah. We realize that in many Islamic places, it's very difficult to even witness. But children, oh, if they hear it, yeah. I was here two years ago. Yeah, no, a year and a half ago. A young man sent me his a, a picture. Thank you for coming to preach in my village. He had just graduated. It was his graduation picture he sent me. Yeah, because after receiving Christ, his life now went in a certain way. As a child. Today, he's an adult. He's an adult. Can't you get 12? You're very quiet, too. Even in a country that they say you shouldn't preach the gospel, 12 children you can get. 12 children. They are waiting to cut your head in Saudi Arabia, but 12 children you can get and keep your head. <laughs> oh, you're not understanding what I'm saying. Why 12? When Jesus came, eh? 12 disciples. He left the whole thing with 12 disciples. Just the 12. You and I, today, we know gospel. So just work on some 12 people. 12 people. Teach them about Jesus. Baptize them. Let them speak in tongues. Teach them the Bible. Oh, man. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. Ah, what are you saying? 12 teenagers you cannot? Ah, come on, come on, come on. Ask your neighbor, are you afraid of 12 children? Abba. Hallelujah. What's number one? It's a commission of power. Number two, a commission to go. Number three, a commission to go to all nations. Number four, it is a commission to teach. Matthew 28, 19. It says, teach. Teach all. Teach all nations. Hallelujah. You may be a young person, but there's somebody you can teach. Amen. And many people have lost their way because they have not taught. You are saved yourself. You come to church, 
but you don't teach anyone. Nobody is benefiting from you. That's why in Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12, Paul was speaking and said, when for the time you ought to have been teachers, you have need that somebody should come and tell you again the first oracles of the word of God. There's a problem. Everybody grows. When it is time for a child to be crawling and the child is not crawling, you see how disturbed the parents are. Time for the child to be talking and the child is not talking. The parents are worried. Time to have stopped using diapers. It's okay to clean the diaper of a baby, but a six-year-old boy. Even the smell, tell me, even the smell is different. Baby, the thing is small. Six-year-old child who's eating well. It's, it's a problem. And when you are a child of God, and the time has come when you should be sharing with somebody else, teaching somebody else, and you are not, it becomes a problem and a stink. And some of you, that's the source of your problems. You are not teaching anybody, so you are so idle. That's why you are quarreling with everybody. That's why every day you are hurt. You have nothing to occupy you. Yes, you have stopped going to the other places unbelievers go. But now, as you have come, you are just there. Sitting and eating. Have you not noticed how it feels during Christmas time? We are all at home. Everybody's at home. We eat day one. They are eating, 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 eating. Day two, eating, eating. eating. By day three. This Christmas by day three, when it was time to eat, somebody asked me that. But food, do we need it at all? I laughed. I said, because the thing was that day one, you sat in one place. Day two, you sat in one place. Day three. But there are Christians like that. Week one last year, you were sitting there eating the word. The week two, week three, week 52, you were still sitting. The reason why you are not feeling well, too much has entered you that you are not giving out or using for anybody's benefit. So when for the time, I just like the King James English. You ought to be teachers. You have need that somebody should not teach you again. She said, what you have even eaten, you have forgotten, you are still eating more. Push your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's a different day. It's a different day. Hallelujah. Everybody in this church, you must have somebody with whom you are sharing the word of God. Not your colleague that the two of you, we are prayer. No. Somebody that you have told about Jesus Christ. And you are now teaching the person more about the same Jesus Christ. You realize that a lot of nonsense will stop. No, it is true. It's true. The reason why the church in many parts of the world is quarreling about stupid things. If I tell you what we have divided ourselves over, it's because we are not doing the word. That's why you can sit down and then the word baptism, you can quarrel. This one says by sprinkling, this one says by immersion, this one says by what, and based on that you are divided. Are you doing this is what is doing you? If you had been chasing unbelievers, the way you would have been battling the devil, you, when you come home among your brethren, you'll be too happy for the peace. You will not now come and fight. Every church where you see them fight about foolish things. Whether, let me not, I, I was going to, I was going to give another example. Then I said, they will say I'm tricking somebody. But it is real though. The idleness in the church there are churches where people can come and sit down then they are there, they are arguing and they, are, they have a meeting debate, we don't like the pastor we don't want, you see it's because they have nothing to do you have nothing to do, nothing of any spiritual significance if you had been chasing sheep you would have understood that it's not simple and you would have respected the shepherd over your life because you realize that he knows something you don't know but because you are just there every day eating and shitting eating and shitting eating and shitting excuse my language so spiritually too you are now eating and pooping in the church eating and pooping in the church so many two known people sitting in the church what even pains me is that most of them they don't even pray 
Then they will now come. Then you should hear the rudeness as they are asking the questions. Ah, now why is it that this was my money was used on this thing or that thing? You see, it is like if me and you we go to Convanochi, then there's an operation, then we are demanding to know why have they used seven hours? They said the operation was one hour. We don't know anything about the thing. We don't know that when they opened the thing, they discovered something else, so they had to solve it. We don't know. That's why we can be standing there saying that, hey, the operation has taken too long. <laughs> it has taken too long. Do you know what's going on there? If they show you an actually an event, do you know the difference? But there are people in the church who don't have any idea what it means to run a church to have a church, to keep the church doors open. Do you know what we pay for light? Light, just light. Do you know what we pay for it here? We have 65 centers all over. Do you know what it means to have 65 churches meeting once a week everywhere? Do you know what it means? Do you know how they get chairs? Do you know the cost of the chairs? Do you know how they get whatever they have? Do you know how they get a venue? Do you know who they got the permission from? Do you know which letter was written by what? Do you know who was sent to go and negotiate what? Then what makes you think you have the right to make a comment? We are also professionals where we are. As you are sitting there, do you know the cost of what you are sitting under? Do you know how we built it? Do you know that the pillars of this building are sitting on water? Do you know? Do you know what we did to be able to let it stand? They know that uh, I won't even go there. Do you know which country the chairs you are on? Do you know where they came from? Okay. Uh, don't worry. I'm only asking a question because somebody will hear it on podcast. In this church, nobody is fighting. But I'm just sharing with you, when you go home and you hear your sister, your brother, your somebody, please, address it. There's so much you don't know. Do you know what happens? Do you know the number of 4am calls we get? Do you know the number of times we have to negotiate with pastors over our sheep? Do you know the number of times we have to call another doctor? Please, I don't, I'm not easy over this one. Do Do you know, do you know? I got a call from a young man recently. The man's wife was due to deliver. She was given a date. Time has come. They have changed the date. She went back again. They've changed the date. Then the man said to me, they have given my wife the wrong medicine twice. She has collapsed once. I can't trust. I had to now come and call somebody who was trying to have a small holiday. Please say, thank you. Come back. I saw this one. You are there saying, Hey, today's pastors, when they are there, they are there because of money. Every mouth, may God curse it. Oh, cry. Oh, pastor, you shouldn't curse. I've cursed it. Because they don't have any idea. Just like how I also cannot go to the hospital and start to demand something of them. I also don't understand his problem. I don't understand what he's up against. I don't understand. It's complicated to me. I cannot understand that in the middle of the thing, the person was waking up, so we did another and they said, hey, I don't understand it. But you see Ghanaians talking rubbish on Facebook. Rubbish! Hmm. Are you there? Yeah. Number five. It is a commission to baptize. Matthew 28 verse 19 says, Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. How many of you here, you have never baptized somebody before? Let me see your hand. You've never baptized somebody before. Powerful. This year, you will enter water with your own sheep that you have brought. We'll be there with you. And you put them down. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I have also obeyed the scripture. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. You may think, you know, sometimes it looks as if baptism is not important. But if it was not important, Jesus would not have done it. 
And when he was leaving, he left us with the instruction to do it. He left us with the instruction to do it. Are you with me? Yeah. It's a very, very important thing. And in fact, in places where there is not full freedom of worship, baptism is what is used as the sign of conversion. So, for example, in a country like India, you can be a Christian in India. The law, they say they won't worry you. They will try, but you can be there. But what is illegal is to convert another person. Are you understanding me? If you convert another person, it is illegal. And for that, they can jail you. But what we consider the conversion, we say the person has prayed to receive Christ. That's not what they are looking for. You can get 50 people to pray. Nothing. The day you baptize one, the baptism, baptism, that's what they take as a sign of conversion. That's what they take as a sign of conversion. And I'm not surprised because there's a scripture, Galatians 3.27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So it's not as casual as we think. Are you there? Uh, you are suddenly quiet. I spent some weeks in India in some years ago. And one of the things I remember was this. All the baptismal pools were hidden. There was no baptismal pool that you can even see. The baptismal pools were not in the churches. Uh, you are very quiet. One of the pastors who was very kind to me and gave me a place in his hostel. He called me one day. They had a, a guest house I was staying there. He said, oh, I want you to come and see something. I'm going to baptize a lady. The lady was a Hindu who had been converted. And her daughters were in church. And the woman had actually died and come back. They prayed her back. So when she came back and she gave her life to Christ, she said she can't die. She has to be baptized. Are you there? So I went to see I went with them, thinking that, I was wondering, this baptismal pool, are we going to just go to the church? We crossed to the house of somebody. Hmm. Somebody, tell your neighbor, somebody. And in that house, when you are walking across the hall, the whole hall is carpeted, and as you are walking, then you hear, boom, that's where the baptist. Yeah. Because if they catch them, so it was some random guy. <laughs> It tells you that it's important. Hallelujah. And the Bible tells us why. It says that when you are baptized, you are put on Christ. Hallelujah. And so this year, we are going to take our baptisms far more seriously. And if you are a serious Christian, because Jesus was giving this great commission to his, his followers, his, those who believed him, say to yourself, me too, this year. And number them, write it down. Today, it's pain me that I have not written down the numbers of people who are baptized. Thank God. We could do heaven, not Peter, see, 22, Messi, Debbie, or 27. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number six, it's a commission of his presence. And lo, I am with you always. Last week I shared extensively on this, but if you remember, I told you Amos 3 3, can two walk together except they be agreed? Hallelujah. So as you agree with Christ, then you are somebody who is concerned with the winning of souls and the great commission. He is with you and he can be with you. Amen. There are some people here, we can't be with you, we can't chat with you because the things you are occupied by. In Kunkumbaja days, it was there, oh, your conversation was Kunkumbaja. Are you there? Or the guy, all he's concerned about is betting. You will see that you can't work together because your interest is not betting. And they are Christians. Jesus is not around because what is going you, you are interested in that, but he is, my, he is not interested in that. But he says that if you will do the Great Commission, my presence will be with you. And the presence is important. I shared with you last week how people who the Bible says the presence was with them, how they profited. They profited, and it's still going on up until today. There is a man who was um, in a country where you cannot easily um, preach the gospel, and he was arrested. And he talked about how his cell 
the cell in which he was imprisoned in, there was no, there was no heat or nothing. It was minus something. He had nothing to cover himself and he was freezing. And then the presence entered. The presence. Nobody understood. He went through the winter without feeling anything. Outside was minus something. Outside his cell was minus something. But inside his cell, he was warm throughout. Without a blanket. Without winter clothing. Without any proper anything. Even in the cell, the presence had kept him. Hallelujah. May the presence of God be with you everywhere. There have been people, and a pastor talked of how Robbers entered his house. The presence drove them out. He had no gun. He had nothing. But as they entered, something is here. They left. May there be something, something, something. The presence of God, something is just with you. Hallelujah. Are you with me? The Bible says of Joseph, even as a slave, he prospered because the presence was with him. Oh, yes. Are you there? Jacob wanted to leave his uncle. His uncle said, please, so don't leave. Don't leave. May it be that when you enter your classroom, people are happy to be with you. Everybody wants you in their group. In your office, may they want to work there. People want to come there because they realize something. They don't know what it is, so they call it something. But you know that it's the presence. Is the presence. And he says of all those who go to win souls and all those who are concerned with the great commission, he says, my presence, it will be with you always. One of my prayers that I pray many Saturday nights, I say, Lord, may people meet the presence of God here. And so when you come here with a mind to worship God, you will begin to experience his presence. Begin to see that I just like being there because there was a presence there. He was there. Something was there. Somebody was there. The presence of God is very attractive. Hallelujah. And the last one, number seven. It is a great commission to the end of the world. A great commission to the end of the world. Not to the end of your life, but end of the world. Hallelujah. The end of the world. It is a great commission to the end of the world. Some people, when they are given an instruction, and then a new instruction is not coming, they stop. Hey, I came to tell you if you're like that, there's no new instruction coming. <laughs> there's no new instruction. This was the instruction he gave us before he left. It's the only, con- the same instruction he'll come back to check later. Even after you are gone, it is continuing for the next generation. The Great Commission. Let's quickly go through the highlights. What's number one? The Commission of Power. Number two? The Commission to Go. Number three? A commission to go to all nations. I see us in every nation. Every nation. When you travel, come and ask the question. Which one? Who from First Love Abia says there? Hallelujah. Some of you, God has spoken to you. You better just answer him. I'm going, Lord, where did you say? Number four. Commission to teach. Number five. Commission to baptize. Are you going to baptize some people this year? Number six. And ladies. They are ladies also baptize. Just wear your trousers and baptize. Stop being funny. Yeah. Number six. Commission of his presence. Is he going to be in your room with you? Number seven. To the end of the world. Stand to your feet this morning. I want you to pray for yourself for a few minutes. And the prayer is, Lord, help me to fulfill this commission in my life. Help me to fulfill it in my life. Help me to fulfill this commission in my life. Lift up your voice and pray. Ramos, <laughs> <laughs> 
few minutes. Come unto Jesus. There's room on this cross for you today. Because of you, the angels are rejoicing. Just stretch out and come. Forget your friends and forget those who are also having to make their own decision. And just come. Just come and let us pray together. Come and let us pray. Thank you. As every head is bowed, I want to pray and then I want you to pray after me. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, from today, you are my savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, follow us on Facebook, Dr. Joy Felipe Bruce, and on Instagram and Twitter at Ethel Ayudiasi. God richly bless you.